Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice candy. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from. Put your dead son in a cemetery. It's him or carry. Be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every Nars? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Welcome to Head Cannon. Tonight we have a couple of very special guests. Uh, Ali, Gus, nice to have you guys with us. Hey, hey. Thanks, thanks for having, having us. us. Yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's a pleasure. <laughs> and um, Ali, I know you through, we went through the conservatory program at Second City together, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, we did. Yeah, trying to keep it all straight. It all kind of bleeds together. Second City and IO and all that, you know. Um, yeah, we hold these truths to be irrelevant. I think our show was called. That was the name of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Look at me yeah. remembering. <laughs> shit. So exciting. That never happens. Right. Okay. <laughs> and then I met you through Allie. Yes. yes and I was Gus is my fiance, and then we met Brett Brent through About court. ten minutes ago. Just, yeah, About just ten now. Minutes ago. <laughs> and where did you two meet? College. College. First week of college. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we, sh we saw a show together. It was called American Shark. It, it was, was about it was a shark that fights terrorists, Osama was... bin Laden and the Tuna Bomber. Exactly what you would have expected. That's amazing. That's, That's awesome. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing, yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to I see uh, the show It now. was pretty bad, but you know what? We got through it's it. It was supposed to be. <laughs> it was supposed to be pretty bad, so purposefully right. bad. Yeah. Man, what? now I'm like cycling through all these fish puns. It's so amazing. Like, yeah, like, yeah. A lot of potential. A lot there of potential lot there. Of yeah. <laughs> well, and and for people who don't know, the conservatory program at uh, Second City is kind of interesting because it's about a year, right? The program is about a year, mm. roughly a year long, and then they like for you to stick with the same time, the same class every week for the whole year through all six levels. So. I was in, I forget what, I, I think it was like Saturday mornings I did level one and level two, and then you have to re-audition at that point and to get mm -hmm. into level three, so then I think it was level, from then on I was in, that's when we were in class together, was level yes. three, four, five, and six, right? So Yeah, it was like 9 a.m. on a Saturday yeah. for a year. <laughs> it couldn't be funny at 9 a.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the perfect time to, to do improv comedy. You like wake up and want to go do improv at nine in the morning. Yeah, you're like, please let me think on my feet this morning. <laughs> just Absolutely. No, that's all I all I can do. Yeah, yeah, you get drunk on a Friday night. The next day, everything's like the opposite of loosey goosey. Right. <laughs> you're like, well, I just have to get drunk before class. There's no. That's the only. That's, yeah. <laughs> that is the only you know, solution. It's, it's downtown Chicago. There's a mimosa bar somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> have fun. But so. Do you guys want to tell us about the movie you chose? And this, it'll be fun because there's uh, one of the most recent episodes we recorded was a friend of mine wanted to do all of the versions of It. So like the uh, 1990 miniseries. Oh. So I think we'll probably release It and then the next week will be It Follows. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. We or, played or right you know, into a theme. What else you could do? You could do It Follows first because if It Follows, oh, that's then true. it would come next. It Follows It. Oh, that's, damn it. Okay, oh, yeah. I might have to rethink my strategy. So. <laughs> you gotta rejigger it. You gotta rejigger it. I can't wait to see how, how it all pans out. <laughs> but yeah, we've, uh, we, as has now been leaked, I guess, we're doing It Follows. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, it's a great horror movie, in my opinion. 
in my opinion, the best horror movies are about something bigger than just jump scares. Yeah. Um, so I'm that I'm like very into uh, I'm very into things that kind of are are a little bit more of a thinker yes. horror movies, which I think this does yeah. without like beating you over the head with a theme yeah. um, about a uh, basically sexually transmitted disease monster that follows you around <laughs> until it catches it. you and it then it kills you. And then you're dead. The yeah. rules are so simple. <laughs> you know what it's like? It's, it's like you go and you, you do it with someone, and then you're immediately like fucking John Connor. Like in the yeah. Terminator. Yeah. Much. You suddenly yeah. have a Terminator. Right. Yes. Exactly it's like, like, like a Terminator, but can look like but anything. slower. Well, right. that's, that's T2. Yeah. Oh, that is T2. I forgot about T2. <laughs> it's kind of like T2. Yeah, it doesn't, less, it doesn't, less it does, action. <laughs> it doesn't feel fear. It doesn't feel pity. It doesn't feel remorse, <laughs> you know? And it will not stop until you're dead. Yeah. yeah. And it will look like your mom. Yeah. Um, depending on whether you're a guy or a girl. Gus yeah. and I both had the, we had like a month during quarantine where we watched like horror movies back to back to back. Nice. Um, and then this one, we had to stop yeah, we, because we, we had the weirdest this. dreams after this movie. Wait, like what? It was just like a little too much suspicion of I, each I other. Mean, <laughs> I, could, I could get into the, the Allie had a dream where she was sitting on our couch and uh, she heard someone coming down the stairs, right? Yes. And then, and it was Gus, and then he, like, just turned turned to me and just started walking toward me and wasn't responding to anything I was saying. And the only place I could go was the balcony, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> scary. Oh, and the next morning, I woke up, and he was, like, standing near the bed, and I was like, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not malevolent. No, you're like, you're, you were like, I'm one of those people from a horror movie. I went to the balcony where there's no escape. There's nowhere for me to there's go. There's no escape. I know. How many times did they tell those people don't be in a room right. with one exit? And then how many times were you like, "There's one exit, should you we, dumbass"? Should we, uh, should we kind of skim the premise again, real quick, for people who might not be familiar? Well, no, I think I, I like that. I think you kind of touched on the, um, like the theme of it, and I've, I've kind of noticed this recently. Is like a lot of the best horror is, or at, at least the horror I enjoy is like this or. You know, Stephen Stephen King's The Shining is a very thinly veiled metaphor for alcoholism, and like a lot a lot right. of the, a lot of the best horror is like there's like it's such a thinly veiled metaphor. It's hardly even a metaphor, but it's yeah. you know. But yeah, so yeah. so yeah, I think I think we touched on the theme, but yeah, if you guys want to kind of go over, um, you know what what exact like kind of the plot points, the beats of this movie, you know where it takes us. We'll like, yeah, yeah. What, to you when you restore this monster for sure so it's all from this girl's jay's perspective pretty much um and the long and the short of it is after some very good setup she sleeps with her boyfriend kind of boyfriend kind of new guy and then he drugs her ties her up takes her to the packer building in detroit ties her to a wheelchair and shows her this there's a naked woman walking towards her and he says basically, okay, this is going to follow you now. It was following me. I'm really sorry. Don't let it get near you. Here's what I've done to escape it. Goodbye. Yeah, he gives her a couple <laughs> he rules. He drives her home. He gives her a couple rules, too. It's like, don't don't ever be in a room without with any only one exit. With only one exit. It can um, look like anybody. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's always just walking towards you. But it is just walking. Yeah. It's slow, it's slow but, it's but, not but it's not dumb. dumb. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and that's, to me, that's, I had never thought about how terrifying it is to, like, have something constantly walking towards you. Like, there's just that, like, it's sort yeah. of almost like an offshoot of, like, a zombie film. Old right. style In a way. Yeah. But, like, with an updated kind of modern take. Um, and with like a little bit of like, well, zombies are kind of a metaphor for like consumerism, what, consumerism. Right. and this is sort of more of a metaphor for, I mean, a like, lot of stuff, a I lot think. of stuff. Um, cause I think because the guy, he can still see, he still has the yeah. virus, I guess it's, he can still see the it, the, the whatever's following the next person. Right. Right. Well, anybody, and, anybody. well, I was going to say for me, it was kind of like, you know, along that theme, I think the most obvious thing to map on it is an std i agree that there are yeah. other things um you know abuse trauma other things but 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 looking at an std you know a lot of them I, herpes comes to mind but it's like maybe you you could like suppress you don't it's not like always there but you have these like flare-ups you know so he like he, he yeah. passes it on which i like the scene in the very beginning because it kind of sets the tone for the whole movie where the yeah. girl goes to the beach you know 
Oh my god. And then and then it cuts to her like the next morning, and her fucking leg is like. Oh, it's it the worst so visual. Yeah, her leg is like. Yeah. Did I, you folks think that that was like the end of them, like uh, that they were spoiling the end? It because feels they, like to, it. it well, well, only because I thought that the girl with the snapped leg was the lead girl. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they looked very similar. So after that. the movie was over, it's like, oh, okay, that's not. It's obviously well, not that person. <laughs> I, I was gonna say the, the 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 main the actress in this movie who plays Jay. She looks so similar to an actress I worked with in Indianapolis who was like very active in the in the indie comedy scene and I think she since moved to California. Like I knew she wasn't in this movie. I knew it wasn't her. But like I had I looked it up just to make sure cuz they look so goddamn similar. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I was like that's that's, yeah. that's that's not Nikki, right? Like I'm sure it's not. You know? <laughs> oh, that's wild. What if it had been? Oh, oh my god, what if? Legend. I thought uh, I, I love Corey's point about STDs. I had specifically even thinking about it in terms of like the AIDS epidemic in like the eighties and nineties and how like, cause, cause the, the, the director specifically, and Gus and I have read a couple articles about this movie. Cause like I said, I we're very obsessed so with this movie. Um, but the, something that I think on a rewatch when you notice it um, makes the movie even creepier is that it's specifically a little bit out of time. Are we jumping right to that? Yeah, yeah. like oh, all of the, like he kind of goes with this idea <sighs> of it way, being. By the way, now that you've heard that, if you watch the movie knowing that, it's not nearly as unsettling because you know what you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, but it's part of what makes the movie so unsettling is that you can't really label what time period this is happening. Or what in. time of year. Beautiful. Right. What time of yeah. year. Yeah. Like, I, I all was the movies that. they watch are really yeah. old. The technology is kind of weird. Some of it's old, some of it's new. Seems the cars futuristic. are vintage but look really contemporary. The one girl has a clamshell e-reader, literal clamshell cool? e-reader. Yeah, where it's like, it's it's sort of like, where are we? What time clothes, are we in? Some people wearing t-shirts. The whole that's thing what to I me thought. has... Like, in the movie theater, yeah. That's what, yeah. I, I, I only know this because I read an article, like you were talking about, like about this. And thinking yeah. back, I remember it was weird that the little boy in the movie theater was wearing like full-on winter gear. Mm-hmm. This little boy that I saw, I was like, why is he wearing like a winter coat and stocking cap? <laughs> right. And it just, just yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just, it's just a little bit weird. Yeah. And it's they like did a, that, and they did that purposefully exactly to like give you it that like dream quality of like, you never know what time it is. Like if you've ever tried to like look at a watch in a dream or something like that, you just never can quite tell what time it is. You never quite know what time of day it is. Like that kind of And there are there are moments where quality. it almost feels like you jump location. Like you'll be mid conversation. A couple of, there's a couple instances I noticed where this happens where characters will be mid conversation and then it it jumps ahead in the conversation and they're in the same place, but it's nighttime and it's never really addressed. Right. And it only happens a couple of times. But it's huh. just a little bit strange. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to go back really quick to something you said, Brent, where you said I yeah. feel like the first girl looked so much like Jay. Uh you know why I, I think that is? What? I think that's the that's the that's the the girl who Greg slept with before Jay did and passed it yeah. on to, right? So it's just his type, I guess. Oh wait, oh okay, so I so I had assumed that it was somebody Hugh had slept with that got Sorry, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Oh, so okay, I, I okay, I thought you were jumping a fo- uh, jumping ahead to cuz cuz no, no, Greg no, Greg Greg is with that girl in the mall and it's like right. kind of implied that maybe he passes it on to her. Um, but th- there are a few scenes like that where like, like Greg is in the scene in, in the mall with the girl, but it never like says that it happens. There's one scene where Jay swims toward that boat full of guys yes. and, yeah. and it's like, it's never explicit what happens. And I feel like there's at least one or two other times where it's like, Oh, when, when Paul drives past the hookers, right. It's like, yeah. it's like, do, do they pass it on or not? It's like not very clear. I don't right. know. Because eventually it, it goes, I think something important to mention, and if you've seen the movie, you already know, but as it kills someone, it then goes to the previous person to kill, mm-hmm. and it wraps right. down the line. So like these like these people on the boat, or the prostitutes, they're like NPCs, right, that like aren't good. Mm-hmm. They're like the, I, I'm not a Star Trek person, but like the people that were the red shirts <laughs> the red or whatever. Shirts. <laughs> yeah. They're like that. So eventually they, those people die off. <laughs> right, right. And that's stuff. what happens to the the girl to be, I think her name is Ashley, the girl at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, really, the miracle is how did 
Hugh live long enough to figure out what to do because he said he, he picked it up from a from a one night stand. Yeah. Yeah. So Hugh's a genius. I guess. Or very paranoid as a human being already. <laughs> the director has also said that, <laughs> that the rules that Hugh passes to to Jay are just the rules that he figured out that they're not necessarily all correct and they're also not necessarily all the rules that govern how this thing works. It's yeah, yeah. all we know is what the characters are able to suss out. Yeah. Which I, I really like that, how like the mythology isn't, uh, you know, they don't spend a lot of time on like world building exposition, exposition. Sometimes I like that, but I like how in this it is like kind of vague and you're like, I don't, will shooting it in the head work? Oh, I don't Maybe. fucking know. Like, <laughs> you know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of, with the characters in that way where you're like figuring things out as they are like it gives you exactly what you what you need to know to survive right mm-hmm. exactly what they need to know to survive and you're like okay these are the very basic like how not to get killed rules which gives you just enough to know when the characters themselves are screwing it up which is and constantly then, which is constantly and then beyond that you know you kind of learn everything as they do yeah yeah, for sure. And it looks like Brent dropped the call. I don't know. He probably had connection problems. He'll be back. But one thing, yeah. you were talking earlier about the, um, just like how the dialogue would shift. And one thing I really liked about this, especially at the beginning, is how naturalistic the dialogue is. And just, it's like kind of low key. There's almost no exposition. The characters hardly say anything. Um, you know, and it go and even just like, I, I, you know, I think we're probably 10, 15 minutes into the movie where really nobody's said anything. And then one of the first things they say, like the girl, the girl on the couch, Yara, I think her name is, uh, makes a fart joke. Right. And yeah. It's like, <laughs> right. Breaks and, attention. Yeah. And just, you're like, there's been 10, 10 lines maybe in this movie. And one of them is a fart joke, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's that like Hitchcock thing of like breaking the tension with the joke. Cause like fear and humor are so closely linked, like laughter and screaming is so closely linked that mm-hmm. like Hitchcock would often do like a joke right before a scare, mm-hmm. which I always thought was a really interesting tactic. Okay. Um, so to me that felt very like Hitchcocky in a way in terms of um, like, like a stylistic choice. Um, Cause there are some really funny moments in the, movie just as much as there are like you know jump scares yeah not that many jumps there's only a few jump scares i feel like too which which i appreciate because i love more a good suspense jump scare. than jump scare yeah like the yeah. tall guy coming down the hallway yeah. is yeah. a great jump scare the, oh uh, there's that one when they're when they're in hugh's house and we're with jay and then that section of the wall falls out and her sister uh-huh. what is it kelly i think her name is her her sister is right there on the and she's like yeah 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 whoops you know <laughs> it's like it's so great it's such a cheap scare but it's all you need yeah oh it's perfect yeah and i i thought this was interesting too cuz i didn't notice it until gus had read something about it and then pointed it out to me cuz we've watched it a few times now but that like that scene where um, Jay passes, and now I'm going to forget what his name Paul. is. To Paul, the, the do you want to share this because you the part of the very end mentioned it to me where she passes it to Paul. Yeah. So this is I, I read the an interview I think, with the director about this, but when she <laughs> sleeps with Paul at the end, um, and this is the weirdest sentence, not that I've ever said on a podcast, but one of the weirder sentences I've said today. If you pay attention to what her hips are doing mm-hmm. when she's sleeping with him. It's not anatomically it's, it's right. It's impossible. Really? It's impossible because if you – and forgive me for, for how graphic this is going to sound, but it, it doesn't look like – it looks like she's the guy in a missionary position. Okay. If yeah. you watch her hips, it's like she's put thrusting into him. Right. Yeah. It's like, so she's like giving, give it, giving it to, it to him. him. That's interesting. Yeah. Legitimately, uh, which I thought was kind of an interesting and, – And the reason I bring this up is because someone asked the director like – what is with this? And his response was basically, um, every, everything is deliberate. I'm not going to talk about that anymore. Right. That's because You know, I, I didn't notice that, but I did notice when she passes it to Greg in the hospital, right? Um, he has his jeans on, he's like wearing denim jeans and he, he climbs under the blanket with her and immediately kind of starts thrusting. Like he's moving his hips and I'm like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It, it just doesn't seem like, I don't know. Like yeah. maybe you could unzip and like pull it through the denim, but I, it didn't, it didn't seem, uh, yeah. physically very feasible 
to me that you could comfortably do that. You know what I mean? And the movie has not been shy about nudity to that point or no. after that point. So yeah. it's it's got to be a really specific choice that he's fully dressed, you know? Like, I, I wonder if that plays into his... Because I, I, I hate that character. Greg? Um, I think he's he's a scum. As a person. I think he's a scum. <laughs> because I think that from the beginning to the end of it, he he thinks it's all bullshit. Right. And he's just taking her for a ride. Yeah, I mean, he's just taking advantage of her. He sleeps with her, and then he's flirting with all of the all the girls over burgers. Right. And, <laughs> and then... It would be really yeah. hard to bone in a hospital bed, though. That, too. That, too. There were so many other people. I'm such a... an unromantic setting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did you say hard or hot? Hard. I think you said hard. I wasn't sure. <laughs> Brent, why are we oh, looking me? at your feet right now? What's going on, Brent? Is that what's going on? Yeah. Is my camera yeah. turned around? I'm like, yeah. I've been trying to get, like, trying to get my camera, but it's just looking at my feet right now? Yeah, Brent's having yeah. technical difficulties. There's your face. There, <laughs> there you, you are. There's your feet. Wait, maybe I can figure it out. Wait, why did you... Now you're giving now us you liked it. Uh, there it is. There we go. That's there we go. No, I'm I'm sorry. Good what, Lord. what if I did the whole podcast in a mirror? <laughs> Ooh, that could work. I just thought you were trying to get a wiki feet profile. Going. I, I don't know what was. I, oh, I've got that already. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, we're gonna later on in the podcast. We'll we'll plug Brent's OnlyFans page, which is just Excellent. his feet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then which is like, just. Which is just only feet. Right. Well, not anymore. You, they're they're scrubbing uh, adult content from their site. From OnlyFans. Yeah. Then who they the hell is gonna friendly. use it? Isn't that their whole thing? Yeah. yeah. I thought that was the Patreon. point. Huh. Yeah, I thought that was the point. Was <laughs> was it was okay, well. <laughs> no, they're going public, well, here, so. so let me <laughs> let me let me ask you guys this. So what's your take on Paul? Because I think he's a sweeter character than Greg. I think he cares for Jay. I think he'd like to be in a relationship with her. However, what actually no. I I'm just curious. What's your take on on Paul? What do you think of Paul? I think Paul's kind of dumb. I think Paul's 16 and madly in love with this girl. Yeah, yeah. I think he's kind of dumb and doesn't really realize the consequences yeah. of his actions. I also think, I think he too is kind of like trying to get with this person. I don't, I think he believes her, yeah. Yeah. but I think he, gets, he also he sees an opportunity. I think he, he, he just wants, I, I think that when you compare Paul and Greg, I think Greg is like, cool, I can have sex. This is awesome. <laughs> Whereas Paul is a little bit more like, this girl who I really care about is in danger and I want to help her. And the only way yeah. I can think to do that is to, it, to get involved. It's a stupid, stupid thing. And he should not do it. <laughs> it's, it's pretty you know? dumb. But I think in his mind, it's like this super romantic, like, I'm going to protect you. You know, it's going to have to get through me to get to you thing. Yeah, it's like this stupid 16-year-old white he's 16 knight and crap. Yeah. yeah. So... Is my thought better motivations? Slightly, dumbass. Because I know the first time when when they start having sex, I'm like, "You're dumb!" Yeah. Like I yelled, I was like, "You're so stupid! Save yourself! Like, Absolutely. do not go there!" Right. <laughs> we, talk, we talked about what, how how you would defeat this thing, and I think you have to get like ten people who live around the world, and you just like every. 12 people and then like once a month you have to fly to this other country and have sex with this one person and then they'll go on and just, yeah. you just make it walk around the world forever right. you just have a twuple a twuple of 12 people and you just yeah. you know continuously and then you know as it's far away you kind of go okay great yeah. I'm going to fly and then it's far away again I mean, the director has said it can be it doesn't have to be you know hetero heterosexual penetrative sex it could be anything pretty much mm. so. how open minded of him. I love that people were like, okay, we got to get into the nuances of this sex. Now <laughs> tell us, do lesbians pass it? Like, <laughs> and I just... he said, yeah, they do actually. He said, what about head? And he said, yeah, head passes it too. Oh, huh. damn. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, I kind of, uh, you know, I'll go ahead and mention, this kind of leads into my head canon now. So I'll go ahead and share it now head rather than. Canon? My head cannon, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, no, no pun intended, actually. Um, <laughs> but because because I was wondering that, you know, a can it cross oceans? Does it? What does it do? Does it walk slowly, like down into the Marianas Trench and like back? I I don't know. Can it walk through the ocean? And if so, 
could you give it to somebody who just like lives a jet setting lifestyle? You know, like the CEO of a of a huge company or whatever. Uh, if they got it, could they move around fast enough just in their natural lifestyle to where it wouldn't even necessarily affect them, right? Um, and- Give it to a group of Instagram influencers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So then, but so then that led me to what what is my actual headcanon, which is, I think if if this thing fell to me, I think the only like the best thing you could do would be to use it like a superpower, right? You yeah. like you find powerful, influential people who are doing terrible things, seduce them. <laughs> sleep with them let this thing kill them and then move on to the next one right and you like use this so that's my that's my headcanon is that this this can be used as a weird superpower take one for the team jeffrey bezos right yeah yeah go yeah go seduce (laughs) jeff bezos i i could i i have no desire to give jeff bezos head but i could do it you know Pass, you know, for the world, for the world, for the Give good of the Jeff world. Bezos head for the world. Right? Yeah. That's, <laughs> so that's my that's my head cannon. <laughs> I love it. Do you want to do you want to know what the uh, the director actually answered your question about oceans? About about oh, oceans. did he? What is it? What's the answer? He said it's smart. It'll get on a plane. It'll it'll like get into the luggage compartment of a plane. Or what I think it would do is if if it felt that you were bouncing all over the map, it would go to a major hub. It would go to New York, or it would go to 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 London, and it would wait. Wait for you, because it's because it's slow. It's not dumb, right? right. Yeah, it would sit right. In the Amazon, the Amazon packing hub, waiting for you to order something. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and it was, oh my god, could you imagine? You open up <laughs> your Amazon box, and, your and it pops out. It can definitely get big, so could it get small? Can it get big? It never, it never it get, it big. becomes that giant guy. That seven oh, foot tall yeah, guy. Okay, human proportions. Yeah, it becomes can that it giant guy. An animal? That's what I'm saying. Could what if it becomes like a squirrel? <gasps> Shit. Yeah. Oh, I definitely have had the squirrel chase me one time, and I did run. Yeah, I I had a yeah. skunk. I had a skunk chase me one night. Well, it just like followed. Really? It, I was I was out camping somewhere out west. I don't. It was like Wyoming or or Utah somewhere, but I I couldn't sleep, so I woke up in the middle of the night to just like go for a little walk, and I look back and this little skunk is just like walking behind me, and it, it followed me for probably ten to fifteen minutes. I just kept walking around the camp because like I I didn't want to. I I felt like if I stopped, it would just spray me or something. So yeah. eventually no, it like wandered off, you know. I hear it's kind of yeah. hard to get to spray you though. It's hard for a skunk to spray you. Yeah, I think you have to like really taunt it and really like. That was friendly. <laughs> sounds <skunk. laughs> it sounds like this guy might have been just looking for a chance. I don't... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was gonna. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next morning, it's like in its peppy little uh, voice. It's like, "Hello, I knew you'd start one." Hey, here's a question. Uh. What what's your favorite shot or your favorite scene in this movie? Oh man, that's a good question. Sorry, there... I think that the, um, the this would be a good truncated app <laughs> scenario. Um, I feel like the school was kind of cool because yeah, so that was sort of like your first. I think that was like the first thing like after the old lady, old naked lady. Mm-hmm. Like she started to. I think so. Am I right, Gus? Is that? Uh, when they go to the school and the camera's just spinning around in a circle. Oh, whoa. That part? Yeah, yeah, I thought that was cool and kind of intense. And it really kind of shows you that, like, slow... It was a good explanation of what would happen to her. Like, a slow, like, antagonist, like, chasing you. You're talking about when, the, when the, you can see the kid coming towards the window? That part? Well, now I'm confusing. I, I thought there was, like, an older lady at the school. Oh, the old lady. The old yeah. woman in the hospital gown. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. I think the the parts that I enjoyed the most were when, like, yeah, when you were – because there's always in the background in a lot of shots, like, somebody walking kind of toward the camera or toward the characters, and you're like, is yeah. that just an extra or is that it? Right. Is that it? Yeah. And that screwed with me the whole time. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Yeah, because I was like, I was like, are 
am I just overreacting? And I feel like then it kind of puts you in the same like zone as the characters. It's like, am I overreacting or is that like something I need to be concerned about because it's about to like pop into them at that point? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, I also like in the beach scene when it sort of like explained a couple of things, like when um, her hair gets pulled and everyone mm-hmm. can see that. Yeah. And then they realize they can now physically hurt it. Exactly the thing. Yeah, affected. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that shot, that scene. Yeah, because I wondered that when you know when the 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 first uh, woman gets destroyed on the beach, I was like, what would it look like? What what happened if it caught you in a populated area? Would they just like watch your body crumble into a, like a little ball, or what would it look like? And it was that scene that kind of answered that question. I was like, oh yeah, people around you can see it. I guess. Or see see the results of its, uh, you know, the result of its actions. But I really liked after that scene where, oh, you know, it might be a tie for me. Because I was, well, there's there's the scene where she, like, drives away and the camera is with the truck as she's driving away from this farm. And then just the shot where that truck pulls out in front of her and she drives into the cornfield uh, is, is pretty, yeah. pretty immersive. But also the very beginning when he has her in the wheelchair, uh, Hugh, yeah. and he's like showing her, and and the camera, it's it's almost like it's attached to the wheelchair and it's looking it at is. her. Yeah, yeah, it's attached to the feet. Yeah, so that I I don't know I thought that was pretty cool how the camera's like following her around the ca- like tight on her face you know as she's being wheeled around this this building you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that part. That's such a cool shot. That's up there for me for sure. Yeah. yeah creeped me out was the when i think it was when she took the car away from the beach house and you see it like just kind of walk past her friends mm-hmm. and to me it was like creepy putting myself on like the friend's point of view of like not knowing that something like that is just walking past you right yeah. yeah yeah that you can't see it but it's still there like both sides of it are so creepy um i, I also I'm, oh sorry no you're good you go Oh, okay. I, I think anytime I'm like walking on a sidewalk and I trip a little bit, I'll be like, is that one of those it things? Yeah, I just trip <laughs> over it. <laughs> just chilling. Because I, I feel like what's so great about this too is you can't help but like talk about like, what would I do in this situation? Like you can't help but go like, all right, this is the plan if this ever happens. Because of course, Gus and I came up with the, you need like a 12 person fuck circle. Global network. <laughs> global sex right. network. <laughs> Right. Well, I I wondered that when they were when they were all at the lake house, right? The scene we were just talking about. I was like, what if they all just fucked each other, and they could all at least see it, and all like they you know they could all be on the same page and attack it together because they would all be able <laughs> to see it. That's a big ask. Yeah. Right. That's a big ask for a friend. Now the now the big question is, would you do that for a friend? <laughs> well, That's you know. And, well, and that reminded me of because I mentioned earlier how uh, our it episode Stephen King's it kind of feels like sort of a companion piece to this episode but I I don't know how familiar you are with that but in the book Mm -hmm. there's a scene where all the kids have like this weird orgy the 11 year old gangbang yeah the 11 year old gangbang yeah so so I read that on the airplane and I was like what the hell is going on yeah you're like what is this but I almost felt like like that that was another way in which these two things are kind of similar. Uh, yeah. where, where like having a big weird orgy <laughs> helps you defeat a monster somehow. I, you know. Now my question is then who gets if it's like a if it's a threesome. Now see we're getting into the weeds of like all right so sexually <laughs> how, if it's like a threesome or an orgy or something we got to call them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like who would get it right in that situation? I feel yeah. like. Both of you. If it picks picks one, is kills the answer the first just one, yes? The, one. <laughs> the answer just yes. I have a question. What if what if like it's following the person and he or she is at that moment doing it? Does like the monster like just wait like stand there like? That's another good question. Is it like okay? I'll wait for them to finish, and then I'll go to this person. And at what point? Does it Does belong like, to you? Is mind? it the second it happens, or is it afterward, or like, at what yeah. point in the coitus is the it <laughs> transferred? Tra- yeah. Well, and that, and, and that, I, I thought of a, a scenario where, you know, what if Hugh passes this on to Jay, 
and then Jay and her friends are able to combat it for how, you know, say, let's say like 10, 15 years, she's able to stave this thing off, right? So Hugh is like, okay, I'm, I feel, I have a relative degree of safety, I feel. So he gets married, has kids, whatever, doesn't think about it. So then one night, like, he and his wife are about to have sex. Meanwhile, Jay gets killed somewhere, you know, 200 miles away. He has no idea. So in that moment, he passes it to his wife without having any any knowledge that he's doing so, you know? Yeah, you're never safe. That's the thing is you, you, you are never fully safe or comfortable from it. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Um, that's what we were talking earlier about, uh, metaphor and, and thinly or thickly veiled metaphor. And, and the more I, the more times I watch this movie and the more I think about it, the more I feel like one of the main things it's going for is, is, uh, feeling out of your depth in maturity and growing up. Uh, um, and I say that both literally and, and figuratively, which ties into all of the imagery of water in the movie, which I would love to talk about at some point. It yeah. doesn't have to be now, but oh, yeah. that that is what I locked into the most when I was watching this thing is uh, you start out with Jay and her tiny little wading pool thing. Yeah. You know, it's a backyard above, above ground. ground. Pool, yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's safety. It's a sense of safety. It certainly seems like it to her. There's little kids watching her bathe and she doesn't even care. She's like, I can see you get out of here. And then, and it, by the way, the movie makes it clear in my opinion that she's not this isn't her first sexual encounter like she's had sex before yeah but it's definitely a big one for her for a lot of reasons and then after that sort of what was a little body of water we we expand into a world where there's a lot of bigger bodies of water like when the monster comes into her kitchen and is pissing on the floor there are framed pictures of the ocean on the wall when Mm. when the girl gets killed at the beginning she's at the beach uh, almost every time the monster shows up, or many times the monster shows up, there's water nearby in some way. Yeah. Like when when the girl shows up at the kitchen, she runs upstairs and starts yelling, "I need water! I need water now!" I'm like, why did you put that line in there? That's a really specific. That's a really specific thing. And then at the end of the movie, we're in a massive pool right. that she it has no idea what to do with and doesn't feel comfortable with. Yeah. You know, and all, all that. Sorry, that was my thesis. The boys in the boat that she swims. Toward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The beach house, everything on the beach house. Yeah. Um, it's all there's so much water connected to it, and I've. The more I think about it, the more I kind of tie that together with. She has a line to Hugh when they're in the car at the beginning, where she says, "We always used to talk about what it would be like." to be grown up and be able to go out and do stuff with our friends and what that freedom would be like. And then he chloroforms her. Right. And I think it's like that freedom that you are looking for also comes with danger and, and the the vulnerability and the inevitability that eventually you're going to live through that freedom and then you're going to die at some point. Right. And and well, and that's, that's all of that together. And I think that's an important thing we haven't touched on yet is how, I mean, yeah, STDs and everything else, but this thing is seems like an obvious metaphor for death as well. Like, it, it eventually, no matter what you do, no matter how far you run away, eventually, all of it's us, coming. like, death is coming, and it will find you, and it, it will eventually get you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. That's what. That's a part of growing up is realizing that, Dude, like, you're going to die. You're going to die eventually, and that, like, what the reality of that is um and like yeah i think you know and it's always coming for you and you consider that escaping it means dying of old age first dying of old age before it gets it's the only way you win yeah that's yeah that's interesting and uh, you know i read a, a quote from the director uh where he says jay she opens herself up to danger through sex the one way she can free herself from that danger uh, he says some other stuff and then love and sex are two ways in which we can at least temporarily push death away, which I think that's really interesting is it because in this movie, like they're physically, she has sex with somebody, she's passing it on to them, but also, I mean, at least in my personal experience, and I think for a lot of people, when you have intimate moments with somebody, um, sexually and otherwise like it kind of pushes that i don't know at least for me it, it, it's like the the inevitability of death and not existing 
is kind of pushed away by that intimate uh, experience with another human being. Uh, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But I would also say, sorry. No, it's, I, I was going to say death is such an isolating thing. Yeah. It comes to everybody, but it comes to you specifically as well. Right. And the fact that only she can see this death coming for her and the only other people who can see it are the people that she has been deeply and intimately connected to. As you're saying, I yeah. think, I think it's right there. Well, I guess it goes to like, I don't know. We got engaged two years ago. Yeah. Uh, we were going to get married during COVID, but then obviously didn't happen. Didn't happen. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, we'll get there. <laughs> Second time's a charm. Um, but I, you know, I, one of the things that my, uh, my sister told me when she got engaged was like, there's this moment where you look at, at the person you're engaged to and you go, I'm signing up to watch you die. And there's like this big, like moment of like, wow, like forever really means like for the rest of our lives. And like, what a, what a huge thing that is like on top, you know, on top of the joy and, um, obviously like all of the good things that you feel about like getting engaged to somebody, you're all, there's also this moment of like, wow, we're talking about life here though. (laughs) And it's just like what that means becomes so different when you're like, I'm making this like huge promise to another person, Um, you know, but in a, in a good way, but it's also like, it's just like a big overwhelming feeling. And I'm like, Oh, these like intimate moments that we have with people, these like close friendships or loves in all these different ways, it all, it's like a pushing away, but it also does, in a way also highlight the gravity of like we're only here for such a short amount of time we only get to experience each other and live our lives together for so long and we have no idea how long that time is for yeah. um you know i think that's kind of it's kind of interesting so like while it's pushing that away it's also like i feel like it gives you an appreciation for like we have this time together yeah. um and like that's a in a way it's kind of a beautiful thing that we get we get a limited amount of time to really appreciate each other. Yeah. Um, so you kind of have to continue to be present. Yeah. You know, I don't when, know. Does that make sense? Or am I yeah. just talking? Out no, my no, mind? no, it does. And something that just occurred to me is that, you know, even if, cause I mean, I, I think ideally we would all like to pass away, like maybe in our beds and our homes with loved, loved ones around us. And, um, you know, in, in a certain way, a peaceful way, but, but even even in the ideal situation, death is to some extent an isolated thing. It's a solitary thing, yeah. right? It's even if you die with somebody right next to you, it's still a solitary, lonely experience, right? right. And 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 so I I, I I don't know. I'm like thinking of, it's forming like as I'm talking, but it but it kind of seems like, <laughs> but any kind of job. like. Any kind of intimacy, sexual or otherwise, is almost a an act of defiance in the face of that kind of like inherently solitary uh, existence. You know, what, does that make yeah. sense? I don't know. Well, yeah. even on top of that, wh- wh- where does life come from? Right. Sex. Yeah. So it's very much they go hand defiant. in hand. Right. <laughs> um, well, and then if you think about it that way, like the, now we're getting into like really weedy territory, but life comes from sex, right? You're giving someone the like gift of life, but it also comes with the curse of death, yeah. right? Like That's eventually, true. like in this act, you're creating somebody who eventually will also die. Right. And from, um, yeah, and which from, is like, from that moment, they're being hunted down and pursued. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. 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 I, I dig it. <laughs> Um, but I, yeah, I think I mean, it's, that's what's so cool about this movie like is this like, movie you can really come up with a lot of interpretations of what the monster is and what this like world is. Um, but I, I just think it's cool cause it feels so relevant to so many different things. Um, but yeah, and maturity and like what becoming an adult means, which is like kind of reckoning with your immortality. Um, you know? Because yeah. everybody's always like, oh, when I was a kid, I was never afraid of X, Y, and Z. And then when you're an adult, you're like, I'm afraid of everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. Things trying to kill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Like, when Corey and I first started the podcast, like, I wasn't actually a very big horror movie fan. Like, I just didn't like things jumping at me and scaring me. But, like, the guests have, have like, come through and have shown me some amazing <laughs> movies. 
that I've like enjoyed thoroughly because and I, I've always told I, like I told Corey right from the beginning I was like man movies aren't that scary you know what's scary man it's fucking being an adult like <laughs> having mortgage you have to pay for like that, that shit is scary having two kids like that's scary stuff mm-hmm. yeah uh, <laughs> nice we'll go because- uh, and so uh, well I wanted to ask going into the final stretch here I want to hear uh, your head cannons as well as your theory on where it comes from but there are a couple <laughs> other things I wanted to, t- to touch on do you guys I, and I don't do you have any thoughts on the the movies they're watching in this or the recurring one Yara keeps bringing up I think it's the idiot by Dostoevsky. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I only, I, I, I've never read any Dostoevsky. I've read a couple things about that story, but do you guys have any thoughts on, on some of the recurring uh, themes there? Well, Russian literature is hella depressing and usually has a lot of death in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was what I was going to say. I mean, the passage she reads at the end is explicitly about, about living in a situation where you know you're about to die. Or maybe that's in the middle. I mean, there's definitely there's a point where she reads out this passage that says essentially, if you're in a situ, if you're in a house and you can't get out and the house is collapsing and you know you're going to die in an hour and then ten minutes and then thirty seconds, there must be a desire to sit in peace and do nothing because right. you can't escape it. So why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the 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 idiot. I haven't read the idiot either. This made me want to read it. But uh, from my understanding, from what I've read about it. There is a lot of that. And from having read a big chunk of the Brothers Karamazov, which is uh, also Dostoevsky, don't quote me on that, I might be wrong. <laughs> if you're wrong, uh, I'll cut it out. <laughs> thank you. It's, it's, also, it's also Russian literature. It's also got uh-huh. uh, a lot of contemplative meditation on death. Listen, when you live in a place that cold, there's not a lot else to think about. <laughs> and then the movies, though. I mean, I, as someone who used to live in Chicago, let me tell you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, the movies. I mean, I think one of them was like the Creature from the Black Lagoon. All I want to like, say, all like old fifty sci-fi. Yeah. yeah, but a lot of those were like something is hunting you. Uh, it's inescapable, and uh, you know. I mean, Lagoon, again, the water, water. thing. Right, uh, yeah. But also just... So maybe, they're watching guts. They're watching Frank. So maybe that's... Like, okay, fine. Headcanon. Maybe that's where it comes from. We don't know what, like, everything that's in the ocean. Maybe that's <laughs> where it comes from. We'll just stick with a water motif. I just want to mention, too, the first movie they're watching, before even... We're talking about the fart joke. Right. Um, the, the dialogue in that movie is about not having adequate voltage to do something. And then at the end, they're trying to electrocute the monster. That's and right. They don't have any voltage because they don't understand how water and electricity works because they're kids. Right. And they come up with a Scooby Doo ass plan. I, which I love. I love that that they're plan. even if their plan had worked at the end and they got it into the water, it would not have worked in any way whatsoever. Like I love that. Love it. Yeah. It's such a cracked plan. It's a completely cracked plan. Yeah. Well, before we, um, I, I, I suppose we should definitely say. Do you think they killed it? I I don't I don't think. Per, I'll answer first. I I don't think so. But like following the themes of the movie and maybe it's death, maybe it's it's sexually transmitted, whatever. I no way, no way they killed it because the ending yeah. the ending is kind of ambiguous. Um, yeah. But and I think it's intentionally ambiguous. But I personally think it follows. Oh, it, sorry. Yeah, I, I think it, it matches the theme that, no, it's no way it's dead, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they, I, in my opinion, they definitely didn't kill it. Especially with that last shot. Yeah, yeah. I felt like that last shot was it following them. Yeah. Plus, the, then he goes out and looks at sex workers. I'm like, why would you do that if you thought that you had killed it? Right. That's my feeling. I felt like... It didn't work. Yeah. But I just feel like we can't not at least ask the question. Aren't they coming out with a they or they've been working on another The director mentioned he the possibility of what he would do if this were a franchise, but he doesn't necessarily think there needs to be more. I don't think I don't really I no. love this movie. I don't really yeah. want any more. I did I read that a producer, not the director, but somebody who like stands to make a lot of money from it, would like to do something <laughs> called like following it where they follow it back to wherever it came from. And it's like Jay working her way back through the chain. I don't know that the writer director right. has well, any I interest in that. Different for, I thought you were going to say like, like a, a bunch of like, um, like reality TV show people like fucked and they, and they, they, they follow it around with a camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'd watch that like a found footage. I would watch the hell. Oh, no, hell yeah. 
and so and then people but people would like want to have the disease so they can tune in oh damn this is a good idea they could tune in on the internet and like watch like in real time where it is and who it's following Right. I want to show up on a camera for it's you. It's like the new ice bucket it, challenge. But, but it, the thing right. is, you've got to, yeah, that's like your subscription <laughs> is like, you've got the, you've got, you got to get the, you're going to die. You got to get the bug. Because otherwise you won't be able to see it. Right. You got to get it. <laughs> so, like, walk in, so what you do is you walk into like the equivalent of like a Verizon wireless store and, <laughs> and, like, and you, you do it with the person there and then like, then you go home and you check the feed. And you're like, I can see it now. <laughs> oh, it's got a long list. Nice. That's I love it. Well, I you think... just check where you are on the list. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, I think we've gotten everyone's headcanon but yours, Gus, and I, I want to follow. Oh. I think that's kind of going to be the, the, the lead us into the end of the show. But there's one other sure. little thing I thought was interesting was I read that when at one point all of the characters, not Jay, but her sister and her friends are all playing cards on the porch of the house, mm-hmm. right? And this article I was reading mentioned that it's old. The game they're playing old is old maid, where you're yeah. passing a card yeah. around that you don't want to not end up with it. Yeah. Oh my god. And that's right before the old lady in the school too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> it's fantastic. Right. Ooh, and one last shot that I love is when when the it is like that naked man standing on, on the, the roof. roof. On the Fuck roof. That. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Speaking of we don't know all the. Dad? Isn't it like her dad or something? Her dad is the guy in the pool at the end. At the pool, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which, what do you guys think about that? Here, I, I, I wondered if that means there's because it also seems like maybe some form of abuse or trauma being passed on. Was that an mm-hmm. implication that maybe mm. her dad abused her when she was a kid? I don't know. That was just that I, I have no nothing for that that was just my own curiosity why do you why do you think all the parents have like blurry faces at different times is that right okay they're 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 not in the in frame very much yeah um we see we see hugh's mom briefly because jay has to realize that the naked woman at the beginning was hugh's mom um and we see that's a about it we we only see uh, adults like two or three times how much how much do we see of Greg's mom before it like has sex with him to death. I don't think at all. Yeah, we don't see her as a real person at all. We only ever see I think we only ever see Greg's mom as it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So why we see Greg is it first. Yeah. And then it turns yeah. into his mom. I wonder if and it's, it's always like, wearing white, which I feel like we have to mention. In part for her it's always wearing white. In part, I think in part it could be that, you know, uh, I, I mean, maybe I'm just talking it, but if we're going with the death route, you know, our parents typically go first. Yeah. Right. Um, well, and the director also said there's nothing more f- of a fucked up image than being fucked to death by your own parents. Yes. Yeah. That too. <laughs> then I was also going to go with, and then there's the like taboo yeah. part of it, yeah. which I'm like, you know, it could be a metaphor for abuse. It could be a metaphor for, you know, but I, I definitely think it's like, largely kind of like what's the most screwed up version of this yeah. like what's right. the most upsetting possible sexual encounter that there is it's that one yeah so that i think yeah in a dream that you would never tell anyone that you occurred yep yeah exactly it's right. like it's something where you're like it's it's like a taboo within a taboo within a taboo to even like yeah. go there you know what i mean yeah well, my my head cannon uh, looping back to that, uh, if if that's a good time for that. Yes, please, please, yeah. And this this is very literal. It's it's not it's not uh, it doesn't tie into thematics at all. But it's just a purely literal thing. I think it's a it's some kind of infidelity curse. Um, because it would it would stand to reason that if if someone were concerned about their partner doing infidelity and they put this curse on them, it would then kill the person they slept with. And right. then come back and kill them for infidelity, which very, very, you know, very like prim and proper concept, right? But I, if I'm thinking logistically and literally, like where does this start and what makes, why would it work its way back up the chain? I'm like, it's an infidelity curse that was supposed to just kill one person and their lover, but their lover had a great time and got around. <laughs> and then that person got around. Good for them, by the way. Um, 
And now it's just been around for 400 years. Uh, I hope we never find out. I really what, hope. I, we hope, never find I think out it's what more it is. interesting to hear what everybody else thinks it could be than to ever actually find out. Like, I hope they never do an origin story right. movie. No. I, no, I want no more. This is my favorite horror movie. I want no more content in yeah. this world ever. <laughs> yeah, I think origin story movies usually like kill the vibe because it's mysterious. That's what's scary. Yeah, yeah, you want the mystery. I don't want to know that it was from outer space. Like right. I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Please don't show us that. <laughs> yeah, I think you can over-explain a horror movie very easily. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you get into the problems I have with Jordan Peele's Us. Yeah. I- which you felt like it was overexplained. Oh, I haven't and seen that. You know, I haven't watched that one yet. Us. I haven't seen it. Listen, you want to have us back on? We can talk about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, talk about that, Us. I, I forgot about that movie. I'm going to definitely watch that one. Nice. Well, we I probably love... should what be about... able to talk about Us. That's true. We're white. That's true. So. <laughs> but <laughs> listen, I'm just trying to get us get us back because i oh, thought we'll, this was so much fun we'll definitely have you guys back <laughs> on yeah one well, and so so is there anything else brent or you guys want to touch on anything else about this movie or um if not i want you guys to go ahead and plug your podcast and what you guys are up to uh before we wrap up here i have an alternate headcanon. oh brent please yes okay, okay. so like having sex for all the, these things it's kind of creepy so i thought about like what's other things what other things like do people give to other people and I thought, okay, like, what if it originated at a Papa John's pizza? And, like, the delivery person, like, delivers you the pizza and you, you consume it. And then Papa John comes to your house, like, in slow, you know, like a, like, a, like a normal delivery time, like a real slow Papa John's delivery time. But, but, like, what you have to do to avoid it is you have to, like, quit your job. And you have to go work at a Papa John's pizza and deliver another pizza. <laughs> and make a pizza for somebody else. We don't know all the rules. Yeah. It's got to be nothing, nothing more terrifying than Papa John slowly walking towards me. <laughs> right, and it, it just it makes you like slowly like more and more racist as the longer you have this person. <laughs> more of a dick. Wait, okay, okay. This is a good question. Most terrifying person to slowly walk towards you. Oh, that's oh. a good question. Ellen DeGeneres. DeGeneres. That's pretty good. <laughs> Just slowly walking towards me. No expression on her face, no nothing. Because she's yeah. always like kind of smirking or looks angry. But if there's nothing. Right. What's that? Oh, man, there's there's a very, uh, I don't know her name. There's a very small actress. It's like an older woman. She's like four feet tall. The poltergeist lady? Yeah, I think so, yeah. The lady. Right? Hold on. Brent, you answer. I'm going to find her name. I think it is the woman from Poltergeist. When she's like, all children and we got to do that movie. That'd be a great movie to do. Oh, yeah. All children are welcome. Like she's screaming into the, 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 the void. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, her. Like, like someone like, like, you know, like those Hawaiian dancers that dance with fire and they mm-hmm. wear like, and they wear like palm palms around like that's their their outfit yeah like a guy like walking walking with like a flame like slowly towards you would be kind of creepy Ooh, that'd yeah. be creepy yeah you know but he still has like ankle bracelets of like shorter palms <laughs> anyone with a fr- with flame would be scary or danny devito, danny devito. <laughs> no that would be delightful <laughs> um i oh i had one and now it's gone uh you know what I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Jeffrey Bezos. Oh, oh, there, yeah, okay, nice, bringing it back around to Jeff Bezos, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm gonna give us that call back. Yeah, I appreciate what about that. Yourself? <laughs> Just walking towards you. Oh my god, yourself. Whoa, yeah. Fucked up. Whoa, that would be fucked up. That's real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's real. That's... Then I could really see what I look like to other people. No one wants yeah. that. <laughs> is only talking about like the most embarrassing moments of your life <gasps> stop <laughs> like remember when you tried to one-up your cousin at the party saying hey what books have you read <laughs> brent. The idiot. Yeah. <laughs> brent go re- brent re- go write this i love it <laughs> <It's awesome. laughs> so ali gus uh before i know you guys are on a, a, a time crunch here you've got another another appointment book back to back you guys are so so busy uh What's Listen. what's <laughs> what what's your uh you guys have anything you want to plug real quick before we, we wrap up here? 
Yeah, take it away, Gus. We have a podcast of our own. It's about a series of books that are called The Wheel of Time. It's a big fat fantasy series. Is that Robert Jordan? Books. Is that right? Robert oh, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. yeah. nice one. Of them. Uh, I've read the whole thing. And I am currently working on reading them. And so we do uh, an episode a week where we read a couple chapters and talk about it. See what her thoughts are. It's a pretty irreverent yeah. podcast. It's called Wheel Takes. Called Wheel Takes. Wheel Takes. Nice. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, what have you. Check us out. Yeah. Wheel Takes Podcast. Wheel Takes. There's only one way to spell wheel. I almost tried to define which version of wheel it is. There's only one. <laughs> this yeah. is the one. Yeah. It's so. the expected spellings all the way around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that concept. And I, I started to read The Wheel of Time at one point. Yeah, why did I stop? I, mean, I think I feel like maybe they pulled the audiobooks I was listening to off of YouTube or something. But that's uh, that, that's something I've wanted to read, but I haven't yet, so... Listen, we've got a great read-along podcast yeah. <laughs> Well, we're happy to walk you through it. As we mentioned earlier in this episode, the movie, or movies in this case, we're going to be watching next week, are the It movies. So the miniseries, Stephen King's It from 1990, as well as the more recent It and It Chapter 2. As always, you can follow us on social media, Twitter at HorrorMoviePod, Reddit at r slash HorrorMoviePod, and Instagram and Facebook at HeadcanonPod. Danger Explosion presents Headcanon Podcast. Well, thanks so much for having us, Corey and Brent. Seriously, this was so much fun. Yeah. It was really nice to meet you folks. (laughs) Good to meet you, too. Good to meet you, too. let us know anytime. We'd love to come back. It's a pleasure to be here. Right. For oh, sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, you guys take care. It's good to see you. This yeah. has been Head Cannon. Ah! Oh,